0: This is the No Stroke Podcast with your co-hosts, David Dancero and Michael Garrow, helping you to support and thrive in life after stroke. Their podcast is designed for educational and community support purposes only and should not replace medical treatment and guidance of your own health professional team.
1: Wow. Welcome back to Season 3, Episode 1. Here we are again, Mike, after a little bit of a holiday break. We're going back in time to a great recording or interview that we did um before the holidays. How are you, Mike? First of all, and and, and I love what you're wearing and thank you very much for the uh for the the the, the airship gift of the no stroke merchandise.
2: That's it. Um, beautiful. Yeah you're welcome you're welcome. Um it was it was a, a nice gift that um you know we, we were able to get out and well, maybe one day we'll have merchandise up on the website, but for now it's, it's between, between us. And we, we sent a, a little thank you gift to our good friends up at Tufts as well after the, the couple of interviews that they had. So if anyone's curious to look at what this merchandise looks like, if anybody's not watching us on YouTube, um, you could check out our Twitter. Um, and we have a, a photo of both K of, um, caitlin and um, lester who posted a nice tweet of them in in their no stroke podcast gear so go check that out and if you like it send us a message maybe we'll get it up for you guys we'll get some merchandise on the website um i'm great i'm great it's uh it's been a busy couple weeks obviously the holiday time is nice a bit stressful obviously with this new variant flying around the place but all my tests came back ne- negative, both me and uh, Megan. So you know we were able to get back into Connecticut, see family. Um, it was a bit hectic, but it was it was nice to kind of settle down, see the family, um, and yeah, just take some time to rest and, and kind of take in what a what a year we've had. But yeah, like you said, we are this episode we're going to be going back on on a great interview, um, one that I think really opened a lot of doors to the connection of like, you know, brought, brought back a lot of memories here for you, David, you know, it it was a, it was a real cool discussion uh, just on Marina's cancer journey and how that related into yours, you know, your, your personal stroke journey, which is cool. Um, But yeah, I know it's been, been a couple of weeks since we've connected, but how, how's everything on your front?
1: Very very good. Thank you, Mike. Um, Yeah, we had, uh, you know, certainly a scaled down holiday, but nice time to reflect and, you know give thanks for you know all the good health that we've been fortunate to experience and and um you know we're we're you know I'm I'm it, it's hard we, we we finished um our recording of our second season and we we actually pre-recorded some for for this including the one of our guests coming up uh, shortly with marina and so it was hard to kind of we were such a fast pace it was kind of hard to just to put the brakes on and slow down and stop for a little bit but when i was able to do that i definitely um i've, I've really got a chance to really um think about you know like we're going to be talking about in in the months to come goal setting around this next uh this this first uh you know um uh, few episodes of season three but this is this is going to be um you know a really really great episode i'm excited that we're you know able to kind of get this one up and live so um we you know we we should continue our theme of in the news i i thought if you don't mind there was a real um Important and especially with my, my background and my story of stroke and, and PFO and cryptogenic stroke, um, there was a really um, a good article that appeared in the. I have to look at my notes. It was it was uh, the December thirteenth, um, I believe, episode of JAMA, and it was important because, uh, excuse me, December fourteenth, Journal of the Journal of the American Medical Association. And it was important because the study pulled data from um, the six big three randomized clinical trials that compare PFO closure to medical therapy. And um, it looked at something called the ROPE score and the newer Pascal score. And these were um, risk stratifying um, mechanisms used. The ROPE stands for risk of paradoxical embolism and Pascal stands for PFO associated stroke um causal likelihood. Um, and it, it was important that um this data finally came out because when I, you know, if we wind back to when I had my stroke some 14 years ago now, um patients didn't have this data to work by to to come up with sort of a a way to, you know, patients didn't. And then so also clinicians didn't have a way to help counsel patients on what um, you know, with, with the PFO, what might be the best pathway. Uh, based on clinical evidence, so um, this coming out really adds to the PFO literature, um, and it provides that critical evidence that can, you know, immediately influence the clinical evaluation and the care of patients with cryptogenic stroke. So I shared it with my PFO community over in our Facebook group, and it was surprising um, that a lot of folks hadn't yet even heard of it yet. So I know there's a lot of work to do, and then around the work we're trying to do. I think there's some parallels there with, you know, empowering patients with information, especially with the, you know, the guests that we've had on in the previous season. So that, that was impactful for me. And I'll put that in the show notes.
2: Yeah. Thanks David for bringing us through that. Um, you know, I think it's just the fact like, you know, you with your clinical background, you know, how to go down, break into an article digest some of that stuff. I think the hardest thing is, you know, for, for this, patient community and you know whether you're a survivor or caregiver is you know where to look for trusted information and you know how to digest some of that because you know I I think that's you know another barrier when we think of barriers you know to, to life after stroke it's kind of comprehending some of this science that's out there late breaking things how to get involved in it so like you said that is something that we're trying to do and and hopefully you know as we grow and as we you know build out what we want to build through uh, the the platform really be able to showcase some of these you know, thoughtful articles and and what could really benefit and an patients. so um yeah i know it's up to passionate to you so you know thank you for you kind know, of bringing us through that and you know as we approach the new year um you know i think it's a great tee up for for who we are bringing on um you know as I've kind of sat down on the morning news oh you you see all these great success stories of weight loss and quick fixes and you know everyone kind of looking at the new year as a time to you know make new goals and and have changes come for them Um, but we know that's as as the stroke community knows it's all it's a lifelong journey right there's no quick fix Um, and I think with what Marina who who will bring on here shortly has done with your coach has really shown the power of what health coaches could do um, to, to support patients in whether it's what she's seen with um, life after cancer, or really any challenging event, it's that support, that one-to-one connection and, and kind of driving it through. So um, just to kind of tee up um, Marina's conversation here. So a bit of background on Marina. Um, I've known her husband Eugene, who has been in kind of the digital health industry now for years, years. He's kind of started out in Bayer, worked his way through. So um, I've been connected in with him through Health Excel, um, but then recently, about I think it was 2016, I heard you know he he made a move and started to look at a company called Your Coach with his wife Marina. So Marina Verhovich is the CEO and founder of Your Coach Health a us-based and barcelona-based company um, that is supporting and really trying to advocate and grow this health coaching community all right so they've built a, a platform which invites on coaches to really solve the pain point of dealing with multiple clients right so they support billing they support multiple programs in app chat um, in-app video messaging, um, task management, goals setting. Um, so it's a really slick all-in-one end-to-end platform um, for users or for, for both coaches and then end users to make most of their health journey. Um, and it's an exciting time because um, what they're also doing is really advocating and putting a, a staple behind you know what health coaching is and kind of moving it from what was – I I forgot the term that she said, uh, Eugene used. I uh, I didn't write it down when I was listening back to the episode, but it was quite funny. Um, So, you know, it's kind of moving away from the holistic medicine into more of a solid clinical framework used in healthcare. So, um, yeah, they're doing some excellent advocacy work there, which we'll talk about. Um, But one thing that I learned actually offline, which is interesting enough about Marina, is that she started her career as a developer, uh, as a web web developer early on with uh, Lockheed Martin and actually developed the first Easy Pass, which was used. So oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So quite interesting. Um, didn't really know that. But yeah, there's a there's fun a fun fact, fact for us. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. a
1: pretty big fun fact. Wow.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. So yeah, you know, we you know, we're we're honored to to have Marina on. and um, as you see in the conversation, you know, she really opened up to us about her journey. Um, you know, and and we're thankful for that. Um, you know, I think that's that's what we're trying to do here is really, you know, be able to show that, yeah, everyone's human, everyone needs that human connection as well to support them. So it's a it's a perfect tie-in to what she's doing with your coach um and what she's been able to do in in the you know, last few years since you started the company, but I think it's really exciting for their moonshot plans for 2030. And, you know, with the plans that they have in store to, to really grow this thing. So, um yeah, it was an be- amazing conversation. And um, I don't know, David, you have anything else to add before we jump in?
1: Oh, yeah, I learned so much. Um I, I think our, our guests are just going to really enjoy this. Um and My takeaways to kind of pay attention to are, her care delivery comparisons when she mentions care in the U S compared to, you know, Amsterdam. Um, um, I think her, um, you know, I think their path and I think the future is very bright for health coaching as we've, we've been kind of, you know, following that, that model of care and hope to bring some of those elements into our own platform. Um, and then of course the symposium and the headliner, sex and drugs, like when, (laughs) When when she talks about that and and, uh, and and that was a big big deal and um you know with the nutrition background when she mentions Dean Ornish was one of the headliners he's kind of a a guru in the nutrition and, and preventative medicine space so I think you really you you queued this one up well so um, let's um, let let's let's get this one started Mike
2: all right I hope you enjoy season one or season three episode one with marina which from your coach out welcome marina to the no stroke podcast thanks for so much thanks so much for joining us
0: thank you for having me it's a pleasure
2: absolutely so it's a early tuesday morning for david Nio over here but you are in sunny barcelona so Thank you very much. It's a different part of the world, but tell us a little bit, how, how did you get to Barcelona? How did you get involved in this community of coaching? And who is Marina Barajovic?
0: Ah, all good questions. Um, so I guess like I'll start from the beginning, the, uh, the way to Barcelona has been a long and winding road. Um, I was actually born in Belarus, Um, I was there until I was 12 years old. My parents immigrated to U.S. when I was 12, so I do consider myself an American. Um, And then uh, 10 years ago, 10 or 11 years ago, we moved to Amsterdam as expats um, for two years. It was just going to be a nice little two-year move. And I was taking a sabbatical, and I was just going to enjoy life and, you know, just do lunches and um, work out, you know, kind of like that dream world that you think is going to be something so exciting. So two years turned into five years in Amsterdam. And then we ended up in Germany for four years, most recently in Berlin. And then we've had enough bad weather and uh, we're kind of debating. Um, so my husband, Eugen, actually, he is my co-founder and your coach, which we're going to talk about a little later. But at the time, he was uh, working for a big, big pharma. He was in a corporate position and that's why we had to be in Germany. He left to join me and we no longer retired to anywhere like we're kind of just could be on our own where we wanted to be and we were debating if we're going to go back to Amsterdam which we absolutely love or if we're going to go back to US where our family and friends are um, and then our younger daughter who was uh, going into she was going to be a junior in high school she said how about Barcelona we all love it so much and it's so sunny and we said okay let's go to Barcelona <laughs> so that's how we ended up here. <laughs>
2: Well that's a nice journey to get there and you know you you kind of mentioned some of the pieces around your your husband Eugene being involved in in the the digital health industry you know I've been fortunate enough to to know Eugene for a couple years now through Jim and he's also in in the space David and I are in in this you know growing podcast industry you know (laughs) obviously they call them so they're they're Heat up next to Joe Rogan. And I know they always, they always <laughs> have that joke, but you know, we're we're aiming to get as as big as your husband and Jim, maybe one day. One day. <laughs> <laughs> they're,
0: they're having a lot of fun with it. And if that's one thing, I mean, this their whole podcast idea was born in a pandemic because mm-hmm. they missed being around people so much. They missed connecting with people. You know, for me as an introvert, it was kind of like, okay, great, my family's near me, everybody's all in one place. I was loving it. For him as an extrovert, it was killing him. He just could not wait to talk to people. And Jim was the same way. And they started this podcast and it was only going to be through the pandemic. And now it's going, I don't even know what season they're at. It's like season 217 by this point. You know, I don't even know, but they're loving it so much. And the, the caliber of people that they have on there, just like all these amazing, amazing individuals who have done so much. And, you know, every time, even though Eugene talks about and we talk about this all the time, I listen to it with my mouth open every time because of just the wealth of information I get from every one of those episodes. So it's fantastic.
1: Agreed. And I still, uh, Marina, chuckle at the the puppy episode when they had Carlos on. That's still one of my top.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anything with puppies is always a good idea. (laughs) Absolutely. It's always a good thing.
2: Well, before we dive in and, you know, we're We are so excited for this conversation today, man, because, you know, we, we see your passion for health coaching and kind of the journey that brought you to this space. And it's something very similar to David and I, you know, we've both been, you know, personally impacted by the results of stroke. And I know for yourselves, you know, we talked a little before we started recording, you have some personal touch to stroke itself, but, you know, you, you've really been impacted um, through cancer and, and you've seen firsthand what that, impacts to your life to your family all your loved ones um, but how this role of health coaching has really been able to fill those voids and you know you and Eugene the rest of the team at your coach are doing some amazing work um, and, and I'd love to dive into that and we will but I have one question first and yeah. it might go back to one other thing that you said you're a bit of an introvert and y- you mentioned that these you, you know when we're recording here and those watching those viewers you know you you don't get the full picture. I hear you're a bit of a fashion nova and <laughs> a shoe addiction. So before we dive into the juice stuff, let's let's hear you know. Do you have a top like your favorite designer, favorite pair of shoes? What do, what do we have for oh the list? God, like, learn a
0: bit more? This is like telling me to pick my favorite child. This is this is hard. <laughs> <laughs> this is hard. So, you know, I have I, I wanted not to tell you how many pairs of shoes I have. It's uh, it's a little bit ridiculous and I fully own it. But right now, my favorite pair has to be a pair of Alexander McQueen boots with studs on them because they just make me feel really, really badass. You know, every time I put them on and. It's, it's all going to depend. And sometimes, you know, we feel a little down and we just need that like special piece. And for me, it's those boots at the moment. So sometimes it's red bottoms that bottoms that I put on, you know, sometimes it's Louboutins and I put them on and I feel like I can conquer the world. So it's going to depend, but I'll pick Alexander McQueen for today.
1: We, we have a lot of, we have a lot of guests who have, we've, we've highlighted their superpowers. So we just learned yours. You get those boots on. Yeah. I get
0: those boots on. Yeah, it's and it's okay. high heels. It's always high heels, Perfect. you know, because you can, you know, you give the what is it? You give a girl the right pair of shoes, and she can conquer the world. Is yeah,
2: <laughs> love, it. love it. well, as if, I love it, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, my I I might have not as many shoes as oh. you. But I'm certainly a bit of a a shoe man myself. And I I, you know, I'm still trying to find the organization scheme here. So, you know, maybe we could chat after the show and we could talk like shoe racks or something, you know. Okay,
0: uh, racks. It's under glass, it's shoe closets with under glass, you know, and climate control. Racks, Michael. Oh boy. I
2: I have a lot to learn. I have a lot to learn. Well, let's let our listeners learn a little bit more about you. So Um, bring us on, on this journey, right? So you've, you've arrived in Amsterdam, you're living, you're, you're kind of at what stage, you know, where, where you diagnosed with cancer and, and kind of bring us to where we are today with, with founding your coach.
0: Yeah. Um, so this was seven years ago. I was 37 years old at the time. Uh, we were in Amsterdam for three years at that point, I believe, and I was healthy, you know. Like I said, I wanted to work out and have lunches, and that's what I was doing. I was working out all the time. I was li- living a healthy lifestyle. I had a very, very fulfilled life. I had two young kids; they were ten and twelve at the time. Like Eugene's career was prosper- prospering. Uh, my family was well. Like everything was going really, really well in my life. And um, I woke up in the middle of the night one night, and I started feeling my breasts. It was in my sleep. I I don't know. I can't tell you how that happens, you know, and if you don't believe in miracles and the divine, like something like this kind of makes you start believing that there is something bigger out there. I don't know what it is, but there is something. I went back to sleep Um, in the morning. I was in a shower and I kind of remembered this as a bad dream. So I started kind of like searching again. I was doing like a self-exam and it took me a while. Um, It took me like maybe five, 10 minutes, which is a long time, but I did find a lump. Um, I went to the doctor that same day, and this is actually a new family doctor. So the way it works in Netherlands, you have to go to a family doctor first, and then they refer you out. So this was a new doctor that has never met me before. And, um, her first, she said, you need to get a mammogram. And I said, at 37 years old, like, is it more harmful? And she's like, I don't think there's anything I I don't think you know, but just as a precaution, let's, uh, let's do a mammogram, I went to get a mammogram, they did see something they again, did not think it was a big deal, sent me for a biopsy. And I think when I was in that biopsy room, and the surgeon who was performing the biopsy, he asked me if, um, if I had an appointment with the surgeon lined up. And at that point, I kind of and I said, should I and he said, No, 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 talk to the doctor. But at that point, I knew but since nobody thought it was a big deal. Nobody came to my appointment with me, I was kind of just doing it on my own. It was just a precaution. It was not a big deal. And I remember walking home and I was crying because I knew something was wrong. Like I just, you know, I felt it. Um, and then we went on holiday. This was, I was diagnosed. Uh, this was in June. We went on holiday. We were in uh, Sicily at the time with friends of ours. who actually flew from the States. We were in this gorgeous villa. It was supposed to be this like fantastic, you know, two week vacation for all of us. And two days into it, my doctor called and it was early in the morning, June 15th. And she said, it's uh, it's, it's carcinoma. And that was it. My life was changed. Um, it, you know, it was it was a long battle. We hightailed it back to Amsterdam. And I thank, I thank everything every single day for the doctors uh, that saved my life. My surgeon was the most compassionate man you could ever imagine. He looked at me and he gave me a hug as doctors outside of U.S. do because they're not worried about everything else that comes along with it. And I asked him if we can beat it. And he said, yes. And he said, I know it hurts. And I know you're so young. And he's like, it's going to be okay. We're going to be okay." And this is actually, Michael, you know, Eugene. And this is the first time I've seen Eugene cry. I have never seen him cry until that point. And he sat there with his head in his hands. And I remember this like it was yesterday and he was crying. And that was hard. That was hard for me to see. But that also gave me this resolve. And I remember my mom said to me and she said, you know what? You got to beat this. The kids are little. I cannot take care of them. Eugene can definitely not take care of them. So it's got to be you. You got to beat this. And it was chemo and it was a mastectomy and it was several reconstructive surgeries and it was radiation and it was years of tamoxifen. Um, and I'm here and I'm grateful for it every single day. So that's how it started. That's my That was my personal cancer journey. Um, I've also... You know, my, my dad passed away from pancreatic cancer four years ago. My mom three months ago passed away from gastric cancer. So cancer has played a very, very big part in, in my family. And, um, what I realized after I came out of it and everything was supposed to be great. And I was supposed to be at my best, which is normally what, not just with cancer, but, you know, with stroke, um, patients as well. Right. When you come out of it, it's kind of like, Okay. Great, you're wonderful. You're rehab. You should be going on with your life, but life is different. Life is completely different than it was before you were diagnosed, and that was a turning point for me. That's when I realized, and this idea of health coaching has always resonated with me. It was, it always sounded interesting, but that's um, when I started hacking my body back to health. When I realized what it is that I needed, I realized how important it was, and that's when I went on to become a Coach. So that's how my second career got started and uh, brought me to uh, to where we are today and having this conversation.
2: Yeah, that was was touching, man. And thank you for for bringing us down that journey. Um, I could, you know, in the conversations that I've had with David and David and I, don't you, know, you think like we we are in the same part of the world and you know we, we're about what, an hour and a half away from each other now, David? But we actually met, you know, virtually. And David and I have only met twice, actually, which is kind of strange for how much work and how close we are as friends. But um, I could only think, you know, as you were talking, how similar David's journey of being a stroke survivor has been um, from the age, you know, with with the children to hacking your way through this you know, with, with cancer, obviously, you, you're, you're going through treatment, you're doing that. And, and in David's case, you know, his post-stroke, um, trying to, again, get himself back and, and figure out, because if you don't do it for yourself, not many people are going to do it for you, right? Um, and, and you guys have both gotten yourselves to this amazing place, right? And you have a beautiful family and, you know, you're doing, you know, you have that behind you, but it's gotten you to where you are today, Right. Um, And it's amazing to see both both you guys. And I'm happy, you know, you're you're both there and you're both kind of, you know, taking that those lessons learned and building something amazing with that and helping others. So I'm really happy
0: both of us are here as well. (laughs) um you know it's it's there's a lot to be said about advocating for yourself and knowing what you need and a lot of times we just give to like a lot of credit to professionals right who are supposed to know what is good for us and they may know what is good for us when it comes to maybe medical treatment or the next new cutting age, um, something that we can use, right, to get ourselves better, again, in medical terms. But when it comes to holistic well-being, we're the only ones that know what it is that we need and what it is that's going to make us feel better. And it's not always... it, it's not always physical. It's um, a lot of it is also mental. A lot of it is emotional. That's a huge part of it that a lot of people don't give enough credit to.
1: Yeah, it's so true. And Marina, I'm, I'm so grateful for you that you are here and you're telling your story. And, you know, Mike made a comparison. And I, I could just feel when you bring back and telling your story, and, and I'm sure you've, you've recounted your experience and your path many times, but I could see that it just comes back to that raw emotion and you're recounting your husband, seeing your husband cry. And then it's, I think, you know, and I've had that same thing happen where, you know, I'll be on stage and I'll be telling my story. And then my sister will come in the back of the room and all those people are meaningful to you. And I have to stop and pose and I get a big lump in my throat and I'm like, I thought I had this, you know, but I think those emotions and I think that makes the mission that you're on now with your coach and your team like you couldn't have a better leader for your team. So, let's let's dive in. I'd love to know more about maybe the pain points, the barriers to life after the diagnosis that um that made you know that you needed to to do something more.
0: Yeah, so it was along the same lines of trusting professionals to know what it is that I need. And none of them knew what it was that Marina, the at the time, 38 year old knew what she needed. I was always active. And, you know, like I I tell the story all the time and a lot of times people don't believe it, but I was bald you know, d- during chemo, I was in the gym and I was boxing because at that time, that was literally the only thing that I had control over. I could hit something. I could hit my trainer. I could hit a bag and I had control over it. Like when everything else was spinning out of control and it's so counterintuitive because when I told my doctors that that's what I wanted to do, they thought I was crazy. They thought that it was going to, that is absolutely the wrong thing for me to do. Um, But they were not me. They didn't know what it is that I was going through. According to them, I should have been laying on a couch under a blanket and just waiting, waiting and waiting to get better. But that wasn't suiting me. That's not what it that's not what was working for me, for me, Marina. And boxing may sound crazy to some people, and that's okay. And that's not what's right for that. Maybe for them, it is right to lay on a couch. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's not a one size fits all solution. Um, you know, when I was going crazy looking for out of season fruits to have in my smoothies, and I was going to every health store in the city, they all thought I was crazy, too. Because why would you need strawberries when you can have apples, but that's what my body needed at the time, right? So I was importing them from Spain, like, while we're living in Amsterdam, right? So it's the things that you know, for yourself that you need. And it doesn't matter who tells you, what it is, you know, you need you need to believe in it yourself. Um, you know, I they the doctor suggested that I speak to a therapist, and all the therapists wanted to talk about was cancer. And that is the last thing that I wanted to talk about. I did not want to be called a patient. I did not want to be talking about cancer all the time. It was only a part of my life. And it was so hard for people to understand that because everybody just assumed that was my life. So these are all the things that led me to the realization that I need to take control. And for me, it was about control and it was about boxing. It was about putting a wig on my head and putting some fake lashes on and pretending like I was normal. Nobody knew I can, ha- I can count on one hand the number of people who knew that what I was going through because of that, you know, when I was showing up at my kid's school, I was always put together and, and, you know, now looking back at it, you know, you do have like a certain cancer face, like when you're going through, you know, there's certain features that change. But at the time, I didn't see any of it. So people saw something was off, I gained a lot of weight from my treatments at the time. But it could have been anything. They didn't know that's what I was going through. Because the last thing I wanted for somebody to mention to my kids, are you afraid of your mom dying from cancer? Because that was the last thing I wanted anybody to talk about. So that's how I realized um, what was necessary. And I actually created this Future of Health Foundation and it was in Amsterdam, it was a nonprofit and it was to help women feel in control and beautiful um, during that time because something so trivial that we take for granted every day, it's something that makes us who we are. Um, So it started with that. And then once I became a health coach, um, I realized how many people I can help. And that's, you know, we've, we've talked about your coach for a little bit, but maybe like, let, let me tell you guys what it is, what the platform is. Um, so it was, um, I, w- I was just going to coach my own clients. I never meant to create this company, right? It was all for me to to coach my own clients. And I reached out to my partner, my co-founder, Dan, and I asked him to uh, create this toy for me, this app that I can communicate to my clients through. So we started creating this toy. And now this toy is a platform with over 2,100 coaches who are coaching their own clients, because we realized what was missing. We realized how much people needed to be helped. We realized how how amazing the coaches are who are helping people and how desperate people are to be helped. And that's where the health coaches come in. So we have your coach, which is the platform management uh, practice management solution for health and wellness coaches, where they bring their own clients onto the platform and it's truly an end-to-end solution. I know that word gets overused a lot, this end-to-end solution, but that's what it is. Anything from onboarding clients to setting goals And tracking tasks. Um, They can have video calls and chats right within the platform, share materials. So you don't need to leave. It's truly a coach's virtual home. And in creating that, we realized all the niche specialties that the coaches practicing on the platform have. So, like I said, there's only over 2,100 coaches right now, and each one of them does something absolutely different. So, what we started doing is those coaches that are practicing on the platform. We match them with clients, members, or talent of companies who are looking for health coaches. So the more they practice on our platform, we get to know more about what they do, what kind of people they can actually help, and we match them with actual clients. So these are not cold calls that they need to sell to. These are actual clients who want to be helped. And I think that's truly the power of our platform.
2: Very cool. And, and maybe, you know, we, we oh. spoke about, you know, kind of briefly the health coach role, right. And, and I think there's still what you're doing for health coaching is defining it and you're bringing it into a, right. You're bringing it from what was kind of your natural remedy type, you know, it, it kind of fell in that holistic wellness type bucket and you're bringing it into a real healthcare setting. And it's certainly making that move when you look at <clears throat> some of the primary care settings here in the States. Like Iora Health have built these primary care models around health coaches. It's used in some of the digital health startups. But can you just define for for the listeners the role of a health coach? And, and again, like you said, they're all a little different. But kind of, if you had to define the role of a health coach, let's hear it from you.
0: So in a really simple terms, a health coach is a supportive guide or a mentor who helps uh, people get to their health and wellness goals using science-backed behavior modification techniques. So, you know, Eugene likes to use the word uh, voodoo science a lot because back in the day, like a lot of people thought that's what it is. True health coaches, it, it really is science-backed. I mean, these techniques have been researched, they've been proven very effective, and health coaches truly are making a difference. And just last year, they were recognized as an essential, essential part of a healthcare team, which is...
1: Tremendous. Yeah, in fact, one of the, here in the US, one of the larger carriers, I think, it was a Cerner or a Cigna, announced that they were reimbursing. Is that?
0: Um, so, health coaching is still not reimbursable. DVA uh, is testing category three CPT codes right now. Okay. So, it's not truly uh, reimbursable yet. We're hoping that within a couple of years. And uh, we are on the platform, that's what we're doing as well. Like, we're tracking um, to help, um, we're tracking these codes. So, when they do become um, effective, we, we're there already.
1: Perfect. Uh, can yeah. you talk a, a bit more Marina about, I love your model. I, I love the platform. I love the, the deep linking to connecting tools. Um, and I also really l- like the, uh, I think the way you put it in one of your presentations was every, every coach needs a coach. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about the mentorship component to, to the platform?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's so important. And as people, I think we need mentors as coaches, we need mentors. So, um, mentors are other coaches on a platform who, help coaches who are maybe just starting out or who are perhaps in a little bit of a funk and they just need some help getting out of it right and these are mentors that help coaches um, either with their coaching practice with their business practice so there's um, a few different things we also just launched and this is super exciting we just launched an apprenticeship program with Dr. Sears Wellness who are a fantastic health coaching school um, in the U.S. and what we so for the coaches just starting out, we provide them with a mentor coach, and also with a client who is who, who understands that they're working with an apprentice coach. And this mentor sits in on one of the live sessions. They also able to review notes with the apprentice uh, coach after the session. And this way, we help those who are just starting out. We help them as well. Because, you know, it's great to create a platform for coaches who have their own business. And I love that. I love that aspect of it. But we also want to help those who just graduated and who are maybe not really sure what their next steps are. So that's where the mentorship and the apprenticeship come in.
1: Perfect. Thank you.
0: Yeah. And you know, we, we believe in a community and community aspect of Coaching is is a huge factor of what we do. We actually have a um, a community manager um, that 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 is part of the uh, your coach team, and um, she works with coaches on a platform all the time. And this is not customer support. This is truly to support them and what they do, what what they do best, which is coaching and working with clients. And we want them to celebrate themselves because so many times it's so hard to celebrate your wins right? Because everybody is always there. You know, there's a saying, right, that you you find your true friends when something is bad, or, you know, true friends come through when you truly need them, right? But I truly believe that you can see true friendship. It's in people who actually can celebrate you when things are going truly well. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to do because you always reflect on yourself, right? Cause it's always like, Oh, it's going well for them. But what about me? But it's not about you. It's truly about that person. And this is what we're trying to grow in our community as well. It's about celebrating each other. It's about celebrating our wins. It's about that camaraderie.
1: So well said, and I'm reflecting back to, you know, with my own journey and some of my thought were my close friends turned and ran when, it may be a feel of being awkward, but the community you're building um, is, I mean, I can, I, can, I can sense it and the interactions on your social and, you know, from watching some of your presentations of which you do. A, it's hard to bring that across in a podcast, but I think in the show notes we definitely put one of your last walkthroughs of your platform because mm-hmm. that was so well done. So we're definitely going to get that link from you for, for, for the after you. show.
0: You know, I think it just, I'm truly passionate about what I do. And I think when somebody is passionate about what they do and what they bring out there into the world, I think it shows. And, you know, I've, I, I, I laugh because I used to prep, you know, quote unquote prep before every, before I came onto stage every time, or before I did one of these presentations. And then Eugene looked at me one day and like, I was crazy. And he's like, you know what you're doing. This, you live this, you talk about this all the time and something just clicked. I'm like, absolutely this if i know anything in the world like this is what i know so no more prep for me that's it <laughs> you know i just go out there and i just do me and it is it's it's marina it's raw and it's edited. and you know it's not everyone's piece of cake but those uh, those who know appreciate <laughs>
1: well you're, you're perfect for our show because mike has to keep me on task a lot so mike go ahead mike before <laughs> <I> go. <laughs> Well,
2: you know, now that we touched a little bit on, you know, presentation and, and delivery and how you guys are, you know, really creating this niche within the industry and growing it out. So let's let's dive into your um, symposium. So you you had the, your first one last year, correct? And so this has been this is your second ever symposium. And like the names and and the companies that you're getting involved in this are just remarkable. So talk us through that, you know, and and you know what? what were some of the events this year and, and topics discussed?
0: Yeah. So last year, I mean, just like Eugene's podcast last year, symposium was also born in the pandemic mm-hmm. and it started out, I kid you not, it was going to be a webinar that we were going to put together. Just, just the webinar to just share some health coaching news. So that turned into a day and a half events and we're very lucky. We had Dean Ornish do the keynote last year, which was a fantastic conversation. And I was a little starstruck, you know, talking to him. And we had amazing Sorry. panels last year. Uh,
2: Marianne, can you j- just explain for the listeners who, who that was, your, the first guest that you mentioned?
0: Uh, Dr. Dean Ornish.
2: Okay. Yeah, he does,
0: uh, yeah, he does um, amazing work with Alzheimer's and all okay. about reversing disease with uh, lifestyle medicine.
2: Interesting. Okay.
0: Yeah, so um, absolutely amazing. Uh, You should look up the uh, Ornish Foundation uh, for the listeners out there. So we had an amazing conversation with him and his wife, Ann, and that was fantastic. And then we had panels on we had an international panel with health coaching organizations worldwide. Um, We had inclusivity panels, diversity panels. And then this year, we said, Oh, we did a day and a half last year, we need to do three days this year, of course. So this, you know, and we're not an event company, right? Like we are a platform for health and wellness coaches. Um, But we put on this event. And the first day we had a keynote with Dan Ariely, who is a behavioral economist, and just brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and so well known. And, uh, you know, the coaches were so excited. And all the actually attendees, it wasn't only attendees, we had over a 1000 attendees, um, about 20% 20% of them were coaches, but there were a lot of um, other industry leaders. Uh, we had Saren Siren Rothberg uh, the next day, who is a stage four cancer survivor, and she has the Comedy Cures Foundation. That was the keynote for the next day. We had Dr. Gautam Gulati as a keynote for the third day. I mean, some amazing, amazing names. We had panels anything from ROI on um, health and wellness coaching. We had a panel with Leanne Webster from uh, national board for health and wellness coaches. Um, we had um, a mindfulness panel. So just a lot of things that we wanted to, we wanted to bring value to coaches. So for anybody who was listening, who was tuning in, we wanted, we wanted them to walk away. not was just, okay, here's another thing that I attended. We wanted them to actually walk away with knowledge that they can apply to using in their everyday lives whether it be a coach or a client or like really anybody
2: yeah i love that and you know we i i was missed this year's event but i you know i followed along on twitter last year's event though was you know amazing to kind of see this all come together i was still working in the health coach industry with the company over in ireland at the time and you know it was hard i was trying to sell you know what what we're trying to what the impact of health yeah. coaching could do and you know it, it was gaining some momentum but it, you know to be in that room and and hear from those experts like you said and you know it was it was great to see and it's only gotten so much better over the last year so can you know congrats for that um i i did see one panel that is a little juicy and it's something on our podcast we like to kind of you know break out the out of the I think the way you say it is making the unmentionables mainstream, right? Um, I know
0: exactly what you were talking about. (laughs) I was
2: wondering, Mike, I was wondering when you would go there. (laughs) Let's let's chat about it. What was discussed in in those sessions and, you know, any kind of interesting tidbits that we could take away from that?
0: Sure. Um, So you're referring to the sex and drugs panel. I Uh, am. Okay. Sex and drugs panel, because why not? because we never shy away from important topics. I don't want to talk about, if everybody's talking about it and everybody understands it, that means we're too late. So I want to talk about things that, People are shy about that. People shy away from that. People are curious about. So, sex and drugs and coaching. Um, there's been there's cannabis coaches, and it's been a very popular topic as cannabis is becoming more legalized within U.S. and across the world, really. Um, there's um, Coach, there is a lot of uh, coaching around um, um, sexual wellness for women and men, and that's not really talked about that much. So we wanted to bring attention to that. And it was truly a fantastic panel. We got so much feedback about it because people tuned in just for the name, but they stayed because of how interesting it was. And we had Jez Damasa hosting it and, you know, just yell sex and drugs, we say more at the beginning, and people are just engaged, right? Like they're, um, they're tuned in. So we talked about different tools that coaches can use in working with clients, right? Because people ebb and flow and wellness comes in all different forms and shapes and sexual wellness is part of it. So we want to talk about it. And we we want it to be a topic that people are saying, can you believe they did that? Yes, we can believe because everybody should be talking about it. So that's just something about what it's like here at Your Coach.
2: Well, it must be a fun place. I mean, you're in sunny Barcelona, you're working with your <laughs> husband, which yes. has to be an interesting day to like, day. Um, but no, it, it's amazing work. And and it is cool that, you know, you're going down these, you know, taboo, uh, you know, for what people think is is often, you know, something not to be discussed. Um, yeah. And that's what we, we hope to do for the stroke community as well.
0: I think there's so much value in that and there's so much value in educating people and it's educating the mainstream public. And a lot of what we've been doing is demystifying health coaching. And that's Mm -hmm. why I think there's so much value in um, the symposium that we did because a lot of people tuned in who are not really sure about what health coaching is. And if you don't mind, I just wanted to talk a minute about um, what health coach, there's a lot of these digital health companies out there, and everybody is interested in using health coaches these days. But the word health coach is so misused oftentimes. Health coaches are not nudgers who are going to get people to use your app. Health coaches are not there to Um, to tell you what to do, health coaches are there to to, to truly bring out the best in you to truly understand what it is that the person needs in their health and wellness journey. So we've been doing a whole series and demystifying health coaching. And that has been actually received so well across the board. And I think that's what's missing the educational piece of it. So it's great that, you know, we we always say that we're spearheading this health coaching revolution and we want people to join us on it because even though health coaching as an industry has been around for over 20 years, just now it's getting the voice that it deserves. And I'm here for it. Like, I'm so excited for it.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, can you... Um... Is that through your platform? Uh, that Because that's a really important educational piece. Is that, uh, how are you getting that out there? Uh, I think a lot of folks could benefit from that.
0: Yeah, so we have a series of blogs, um, and they're up on our website, and people can can go and they can read about it. Um, I do a lot of talks. Uh, I'm demystifying health, coach, health coaching. I talk to a lot of companies about it as well. So uh, companies that want to bring health and wellness coaching to their talents. And that's what we're doing. So we started with small and medium-sized businesses who wanted to bring health coaching to their talents. And we match that talent with health coaches on our platform. And it's never one of those, I want a coach, I have a coach kind of match. It's always based on so much deeper. We have a health concierge that goes into like an intake to understand what it is that the person needs. And we match them with a health coach that has worked with somebody like them in the past and can get them to, to that point. So we started with small and medium-sized businesses, but you know we're going to companies who want this for their clients and members as well. So um, that's always been our mission. By to by year 2030 to bring health coaching to then projected nine billion people in the world.
1: I know you're going to get there. Um, I have a quick follow up question uh, yeah. because for what you just um, described, and there is this shift in this this, and I think the pandemic definitely put a microscope under it more. But yeah, in my profession, in in physical therapy as well as occupational therapy and. There, there, there are a lot of professionals that are looking to to make the switch because they're tired of treating in the episode of care and they want to bring in a more holistic view of the patient. You know, we, we treat the knee, for example, in PT as if it's its own little micro, like if we don't factor in the fact that maybe you're, you know, you're carrying 75 extra pounds and your diet is not supporting or is inflammatory, but we don't, we don't our model does not allow us to actually even talk about that and i have a background in nutrition so i feel completely comfortable doing that but for for the folks that may be looking they may be a degree professional but they're looking to maybe transition out of the traditional care models and move more to to wellness and more of a holistic coaching it, it are you finding are, are there professionals that are coming into your platform that are looking for counseling or mentorship
0: Uh, Professionals who who are looking for coaching mentorship.
1: Yeah, that that maybe um, you know maybe have been in the you know maybe physical therapy again use that example that are 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 looking to um, to get guidance on how do I how do I get the training and more skill to be able to complement the work I do, but to bring it into another um, you know more more of a wellness focused um, transition where. Maybe they feel like they they don't, maybe they don't know of the resources to hand that person off comfortably to someone when that episode of care ends and they know they still need more help.
0: Got it. So we're not we're not really an educational platform, right? So we do have resources, you know, we're really big on educating the community and we have blogs that we put out there and resources, but we are a health coaching platform at the end of the day, right? So we we do events as supplement. Meant to what is our truly our business, right, which is the health coaching platform. So what I will say is that there are a lot of health coaches on a platform who are starting their second careers. So these are physical therapists who are going into health coaching. These are nurses who are going into health coaching. And these are nurses who are so frustrated with the system. I mean, talk about nudgers. They've been doing administrative work nurses are not allowed really to be nurses anymore in us because there's because of budget cuts there's so much that they make the nurses do that is truly not you know I, I spoke to somebody who said what I've been doing for the past two weeks is changing changing bedpans and do it and writing up um you know writing notes and she's like I can't even interact with patients anymore this is not this is not where my training is this is mm-hmm. not where my value is so people are just frustrated and they're leaving and um you know, they're coming onto the platform for their second careers. I mean, I did read an interesting study recently uh, about how there was a nurse led health coaching study in China uh, to improve hospital to home transition for stroke survivors. I don't know if you guys saw that, but that was fantastic. So that's what I think the power is, right? It's in having all these different experiences and encompassing them and combining them together um, to truly create that one of a kind experience for that person who truly needs it. So I hope that answers your question. Um, You know, if somebody comes to us and somebody contacts us, we're happy to provide resources, but we're not, you know, like a place where you go and you just type something in and it just pops right up for you.
1: Got it. And (laughs) and the the nursing example is a perfect one, especially now. And I'm married to one, so I totally get where that has been going and is presently. Um, And I know we've had uh, nurse uh, stroke navigators on our show, and the the care coordination is a pivotal. They often say that the next step after you get discharged is even more vital to your recovery, and that's where in stroke, especially folks get lost. You know, it might be for reimbursement reasons, but it's not knowing the next handoff or the next ability to connect that person or the barriers to connecting at the right time, which can, you know, make or break the, the dreaded word that we don't like to use is plateau, but I'll just say it, it can get someone over that plateau and care care outcomes that um, connecting care in your platform um, as um, you know, as you grow, that's I, I think you're, I, I think you're only going to see more and more, like you mentioned, Marina, second, second career. Yep. Um, for those reasons of burnout and feeling like you can't fully help the patient or the, you know, bring them over that bridge to wellness.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's interesting you say that because that's what we talk about health coaching. Health coaches are there for, for what goes on outside the doctor's office. And I think that's where therapists come in. That's where nurses come in. I mean, fun fact, had no idea that there's no CPT for nurse reimbursement. Nurses are not reimbursed by insurance, which is mind blowing to me, you know, and talk about the whole, like, US care system. Can we talk about that for a second about how broken that is? You know, I was going through my treatment in Amsterdam, literally, I mean, not one penny out of pocket for anything that needed to be done. There was somebody coming to my house to give me um, shots in between sessions for me to feel better. There was, um, you know, if something wasn't covered by insurance, there was a grant for it. You know, most recently, like I just mentioned, I lost my mom to, to cancer, and she was in hospice care for For the past like three months, she was at home hospice and, you know, nurses were coming to the house all the time. But the first time when they came in and we were talking about the care for my mom they wouldn't even talk to us. The guy was on the phone, the The nurse that came in, he was on the phone with the insurance company for two hours trying to figure out her coverage. My, my mom had the best insurance. She was completely covered, you know, like everything was, but they were sitting in our house with my mom who was dying of cancer with me, who was sitting there so frustrated and advocating for her. And, you know, we are very, very sarcastic people. So I turned to my mom, I'm like, is this really how you want to be spending the last months of your life? You know, and like, we both laughed about it, because that was literally the only thing that you could do. It's a frustrating, frustrating system. So I'm hoping that with these reimbursements that are coming for health coaching, because now health coaches get half an hour with the patients, with the clients, they get 45 minutes. It's not these like eight, 10, 15 minute increments that the doctors get and that they have to get paid for. And sometimes not even enough, they get pennies on a dollar, right? So until this system changes, it just, it's just really frustrating to watch.
2: And I think, did you say at the beginning of this, you were proud to be an American or you're just from America?
0: (laughs) I am. You know, I'm still very proud to be an American. My parents went through a lot to get us there, you know, so still very proud. But as a proud American, I want to change the system.
2: (laughs) And you're doing that. And you're doing that. I'm hoping
0: it's small steps and it's not just one person. It's, it's all of us. And I always say this, there's power in our voices. There's power in sharing our stories and we should talk about it more because we always think what's my one voice going to change, but one plus one plus one, you know, now there's going to be an army of us, right? So we just need to keep talking about it.
2: All right. Well, we always end the show with with a special question to to us, um, and we're we're going to reframe it a little bit because, as as you said, you know, you you might not normally all of our guests are, are very kind of in this wor- world of stroke, um, but you have some experience, and I think just your lived experience is is by far you know capable for you to answer this question, um, and I might also change it up a little bit, so. We normally ask if we were to hand you your magic wand, you know, how could how would you redesign life after stroke? And we'll maybe change two things. The magic wand will give you your pair of Alexander McQueen shoes. And
0: love we'll, it. They're we'll, magic.
2: And we'll then say just this life after experience. So we're handing put on your favorite pair of shoes and let's let's hear how you conquered this space.
0: The life actor experience. So I love magic, you know, so yes, let's take that. So let's stop calling people patients and just treating them like their disease. We're people. It's just part of it. It's just part of what we're going through in our very complicated day to day lives. So with my magic wand, I want a soul to be treated like people and not the disease that we're going through. Um and then life after, uh, design life after to be what it is that we want it to be. Just no barriers. Just no barriers. And um, I think, you know, I do think health coaching is a big part of it. I do think working together with a team, you know, I think it's the doctors and I think it's therapists and I think it's coaches and it's everybody coming together to create this power team of what it is that the person who is, who just went through this life-changing experience needs. And it's all accessible. That's my, uh, <laughs> that's Ooh, my pair yeah. of shoes. That's perfect.
2: I, I'm <laughs> going to add a little T bit in it. And I'll say that everyone is on a beach in sunny Barcelona as well. Perfect. Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Having a, what, what is the reason having a mojito? I don't know.
1: Hey, yeah. whatever i'm so i'm whatever. so glad mike you didn't ask to with the magic wand to solve the broken us healthcare fragmented system because you know i'm glad i'm glad you gave her an uh, Marina, an alternate option but i'm going to i'm just going to say this has been a phenomenal kickoff to our season 3 i don't know if we we mentioned that at the start of the show and um everything you're doing is so needed now so continue on that mission, and I could tell from you sharing your story that it's in there, and you're going to get it done. Um, and in any way we can help, we're going to share all the show notes and put up as much information as you'd like to. And we're going to keep um, we're going to keep following the great work you're doing, and 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 hopefully we can work together to to continue to get this this connector that is so needed in health coaching cr- crossing that bridge as we, as we brought up in the show about um, the bridge from healthcare broken as it may be into the transition to getting back to that person, not that patient, but that person you described so well.
0: That person healthcare to well care.
1: Yes. <laughs> And I think my, Marina will be a great
2: uh keynote speaker for us, David, at the enable us um symposium that will, will happen. It, it's you know, gonna go happen. Yes. It. Marina and Eugene didn't think they they were gonna have their symposium, but
0: it, oh, you, guys. You, don't it, yes. you don't know what you're getting into. abort, abort,
1: abort. <laughs> we might we might make we might need another, maybe two or three actual physical get-togethers between my <laughs> my I like I'm joking here, but you're my you've become my my digital much younger brother, can I use that term? Uh, thanks. Over these last, so I we've um, you know, not we, much, um, come on, do a little don't bit. Well, it. well, especially in early in the morning, you know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I love this.
1: This has been great, and um, uh, Mike, let you know, let's um, let, let's make me wrap it up because I could go on. I have other questions, <laughs> but <laughs> so maybe there'll be a part two, or maybe we'll bring it, bring Marina into the uh the the are the, the first enable us summit as a headliner. So yeah,
2: we will see. But yeah, it's been a pleasure, Marion. Thank you so much for your time. And you know, best of luck. We'll we'll certainly be be following and giving you all the encouragement we could do. So thank you again. Thank you.
0: Thank you both so much. It's been such a pleasure.
2: Have, Have a bye,
1: good Mark. day. Bye okay. bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the No Stroke Podcast. Be sure to tune in each week for more knowledge on stroke recovery in the brain with tips, technology, and interesting Stroke Thriver interviews where they share their success to enable you on your own healing journey. Make sure to hit the follow button on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to our show. Mike and I will love to ask you to rate and review our show to enable us to grow our audience. Please check the show notes to follow us on social so you can connect and reach out to find more about advertising with us or becoming a guest on our show. Until next time, stay well, keep the faith, and keep moving forward.